What Else with Corey Mann on the Studio DNA Podcast Network. One-on-one conversations with some of your favorite artists. Find this podcast on iTunes, Spotify, and Spreaker.com. What Else with Corey Mann on the Studio DNA Podcast Network. Welcome, everybody, to episode 26 of Disney Plus Reviews. I'm one of your co-hosts, Phil Souza, and I'm here with my co-host, my good friend, and the guy who's never afraid to go rogue, it's Jack Ultramat. What's happening, Jack? I am KS, uh, K2SO, and um, I can't believe we're talking about this blasted movie. Sorry, I was trying to do my best um, agitated droid impression, but that wasn't very good, was it? No, it wasn't. Would you say it was horrible? Would you say it was really bad? Uh, No, not terrible. I mean, I think any voice can be a a droid voice. Oh, okay, thanks. But yeah, um, that's about the most positive thing I could say about that. Oh, okay. Uh, Well, if you're just joining us for this podcast, first I want to tell you we are an unofficial Disney Plus podcast reviewing the most popular stuff on Disney Plus. Uh, You might say we're a little skewed towards Star Wars, and that may just be be because we covered every episode of The Mandalorian. Uh, We've been covering every episode of Star Wars The Clone Wars, and now we're talking about Rogue One as well. Uh, It's it's because we love Star Wars, and we're not going to... We're not going to apologize for that. Um, we have covered some other movies as well, and, and television shows even. Uh, covered the High School Musical, the musical series, um, one of our more popular episodes. So uh, go back and, and listen to some of those other things, especially if you're just now getting into Disney+. Plus. Maybe with COVID-19, you've been inspired to take the Disney Plus plunge. And so we want to invite you to listen to all those episodes. It's our 26th episode, so there's quite a few things to go back to. Definitely w- go back and, and watch The Mandalorian if, if that wasn't the very first thing that you, you plugged in on Disney Plus and uh, listen to those episodes as we recap and review those. Um, today on the show, we are, as I mentioned already, we're going to talk about Rogue One, uh, the 2016 Star Wars movie. Um, this movie, if, uh, if you're, and we're going to spoil it. So if, if you're listening to this and you haven't seen it, we're going to spoil every aspect of the, of the plot. We're just going to talk about our favorite moments and kind of go over the plot of the movie and, you know, character uh, deaths and, you know, everything that goes on. So, um, uh, if, you know, go back and watch that movie. If you don't want to be spoiled, if you don't care about spoilers, if you've already seen it, obviously uh, listen on from this point forward. But the story basically takes place right before the events of the original Star Wars movie, episode four, A New Hope. And it's telling the tale about the building of the Death Star and the initial theft of the of the plans for that super weapon. So mm-hmm. um, I, I watched it this last week again um i had not seen it since i think i had lied last episode <laughs> i think i said i'd seen it twice i don't think that's the case I, I think i'd only seen it one time before this week um so this is my second viewing um i watched it with my wife jessica and it was her first viewing she had never seen it um and uh, got some of her thoughts and i'll probably plug those in as we as we go along as well but cool. um uh what jack what's your history with the movie did you get a chance to watch it again this week um who in your household has seen it 
We've all seen it in the household. Uh, this is the, I probably watched it three times total. Uh, it uh, saw it initially in the theater. I feel like um, this may be, and I think there are a lot of people that think this, maybe the best and maybe the most critically appreciated uh, Disney Star Wars movie that they've come out with. Um, I so think from, that from 2015 on basically, basically. Yes. Yeah. The, uh, of them. Yeah. Yeah. Of the, of them bankrolling movies for Disney yeah, or yeah. for star Wars. Um, I think that it is, um, uh, very smart. I think it's hilarious that one, um, topic that is, uh, you know, Several Bothan spies lost their lives getting us these plans. That's said in uh, what the A New Hope, I believe. So okay, so I had to look it's, that up this week because yeah. I, I I thought that as well. Um, it so technically here's here's the story on that phrase. So let's get, let's just get into it and then we'll get yeah. into the movie. I so, think it's funny. I'm I'll, I'll, to finish my thought. I just think it's funny that an entire movie is based around just that one snippet of a thought process. So, so it's not actually, I, I, I know I'm going to totally burst that bubble and I apologize, but this is a Mandela um, effect situation. again. <laughs> yeah, it is actually totally Mandela. Um, that phrase is from return of the Jedi episode six of okay. the star Wars movies. And it's uh, in reference to the second death star. So it is in, in reference to a death star, but not the death star that, but not, that you're, that you're thinking how about of. that. Yeah. Yeah, I had to look that up because I, I told Jessica the same thing. I, I said, there's there's a phrase, I was like, I can't quite quote it. I couldn't even remember the word Bothan. Um, I said, you know, there's something about spies and many of them had to die or whatever uh -huh. to, to get these plans or whatever. And I looked it up so I could find the actual clip and the actual quote. And yeah, sure enough, it's it's not from um, uh, A New Hope at all. It's from Return of the Jedi about the second Death Star. So I did not, I, I think... You're not alone, though. I think millions of people thought that going into Rogue One. I mean, think about it. I mean, I'm just like, I'm telling you, I there's another reality where that is the case. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Good time. So it, it's not about that phrase. However, uh, there are plenty of references in New Hope to these people. Um, it, not explicitly, like, their names or anything like that. But um, the as we know, the very first scene that everyone has seen at this if you're a human being you've seen the first opening scenes of a new hope and it is um basically darth vader uh storming onto they, they like um tractor beam this ship and he storms onto the the bridge of the ship and um he's like where are the plans and he's like you know uh choking people and killing people and he encounters um Leia Organa and um, he's like, you know, I know you have the plans. I know you know where there are. And she's like, I don't know what you're talking about. And um, she's like, I'm, I'm just a Imperial Senator on, on a mission to blah, blah, blah. And he's like, you are a rebel spy. Uh, take her away. <laughs> and so like, <laughs> uh, but uh, basically this is in reference to that. So like he believes at the beginning of A New Hope, he believes that, that he even uses the word transmitted, which I thought was really cool. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, he says uh, uh, plans of, of a weapon that we're building were transmitted to this ship. And I'm here to, to basically take those back. And the whole, this whole movie was basically all about how did that happen? So how about that? Really cool. Really cool. And I, 
uh the acting is solid in this movie uh the yeah. droids are great the um all of the uh characters that they kind of bring to the forefront they introduce new characters which is really really hard in a, a very old franchise to introduce new characters that you actually care about uh no spoilers but at the end of the movie uh man you're i don't want to say you're bummed but my, you might be bummed but but it's one of those where it's <laughs> like uh i i um i really like this movie when i first saw it and i like it every time i've seen it since so yeah um so yeah uh not only had jessica not seen this movie as i referenced earlier um she had not even heard of any of the plot like she had somehow not been spoiled on anything with it and i already gave a spoiler warning so we're just gonna go ahead and jump into the end of the movie uh here if you, if you haven't turned back by now it's too late but um uh at the end of the movie when basically I mean, Biggs and Wedge and, and a few others survive. Anyone that was in a ship basically uh, has a chance of survival at the end of this movie. But everyone that's on the, on the planet's surface is toast. I mean, totally toast, literally. Um, burn, burned alive at the, at the end of this movie. And uh, she did not see that coming. She did not, she's like, I, I thought they were going to get away. So, um, crisp. Yeah. So definitely um, a, a surprise, I think, to her. I, I think... You know, for us, like big Star Wars fans, like I think we were expecting that, you know, this is not going to go well for them. And you know, if we, if the, if any of these main like named characters survives, why didn't we see them in future movies? Like, yeah, it's a, pre- kinda, it's a prequel, so right. And you kind of knew that was going to happen the way the way it was going down. So that makes sense. Yeah, I looked at the at the Rotten Tomatoes scores on all the Disney Star Wars movies. Uh, the Force Awakens, ninety three percent. Very, very high. One of the highest ever. Um, the Last Jedi, 91%. I know you don't agree with that, but um, very highly reviewed. And The Rise of Skywalker, The Rise of Skywalker, a dismal 52% on Rotten Tomatoes. Which moment. actually, I think, I think I agree with that one uh, less than yeah. I uh, than the Last Jedi one. But yeah. Uh, and then uh, Rogue One. Um, Higher than Rise of Skywalker, but lower than The Last Jedi and lower than The Force Awakens, 84%, uh, which is respectable. I mean, that's a pretty high score. Right. So. Does they have the fan the fan ranking? Because I'm a little more privy to the fan ranking than I am the critic ranking on those. Yeah, audience score is 86, so a couple, couple more percent. Yeah. So I I honestly, like, especially watching it again this, this last time, uh, this last week with Jessica, um, it just solidified for me. It's a top five Star Wars movie. Yeah, it's really good. I, I really like it a lot. Yeah, it's really, really good. So, cool. Well, Love let's kind of get in get into some of the de- details. Um, I think I'll just kind of uh, do some like kind of quick sentence or two summaries for all the different paragraphs on sure. Wikipedia. We did this last time, and I, I thought it worked pretty well. Just kind of taking the Wikipedia page and just kind of talking about some kind of big. We did this for Willow. Just I think it worked well. Yeah, so. it's a lot easier. Yeah. Um, so uh, the very first, we'll talk talk about the kind of the pre scene where um, the main character is just a, a child. She's like a 10 year old girl or whatever. Um, it's uh, Galen Urso and his family on uh, some planet. And we see the bad guy at the very beginning of the movie, which is very um, uh, a new hope, you know, like the very open seconds of a new hope you see Darth Vader. So, you know, from the very beginning here, the bad guy is going to be um, Krennic uh, shows up and he is trying to get Galen Urso to come and complete the Death Star. I can't. I wasn't clear. Had he already been working on the Death Star at this point? And uh, no, he 
Quit. His technology, he, well, maybe he, I think he had realized that it was, uh, they, they were taking, it's kind of like an Einstein situation where they were taking his creation, his thought process, his technology, and twisting it into a weapon. It's like Einstein later in his life regretted uh, oh, yeah. a lot of a lot of his uh, atomic stuff because like his research in atomic atomic theory and everything else because people took it and turned it into a weapon. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, and so he's saying, you know, I need you to come back and help us finish the Death Star. He's he's like the Galen Erso is like the smartest guy in the room type of scientist. Um, and uh, he says, you know, I need you to come back. Um, he refuses, and they end up killing uh, Krennic and his and his uh, stormtroopers. End up killing um, Galen's wife in front of yep. their daughter, who's like hiding in the in the bushes or grass. And um, she ends up seeing um, her mom killed and her dad taken into captivity. And he and she basically runs and is able to escape. Well, um, and she she was taught to uh, if if someone shows up, you go hide in this bunker area that we've got which is pretty effective and um yeah uh, then she is uh somehow saw guerrera is uh, alerted to go pick her up yeah i, I don't know if they fully explained that except or did, or did, did they explain that later like galen sent him or something somehow so got a message to him yeah possibly so, somehow he saw guerrera who's who's this um he's an extremist like he he's he's a rebel but he's also on his own he's essentially a rogue um to use the the title of the movie but um and he's they're killing a lot of people like they're you kind of get the impression that they don't really care who they hurt or who gets caught in the crossfires um the the empire has to go down type of thing so he's he's on the side of the rebels kind of but they he also keeps their distance his distance from them and, and vice versa um but she he takes her in and basically becomes his ward. Like, you know, he raises her as, as his own daughter, basically from that point on. And then it cuts hard from there and it goes into, um, well, we see other characters for a while. The next time that we see uh, Jen, she is no longer with um, Saw. And I think some of the details of that kind of, you know, barely get touched on, but they kind of get explored. The time, the rest of the timeline between her and, and Saw kind of get figured out later in the movie. But mm-hmm. we learn out la- learn later, basically, to find out that um, she ended up leaving him. I think it's sixteen or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and bails on him, and then hasn't seen him since. And I think she's like twenty or twenty one or whatever it seems like um, when the 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 normal events of this movie take place. So right. um, she, she lives it with, it with him for a while, becomes disenfranchised with him and his movement and then end up um, getting separated. So um, at that point, or uh, sorry, it's 15 years later. Okay. So it's been quite a, quite a long time. I kind of get the impression she's maybe about 10 or so in that first scene. So maybe she's 25. Right. Um, she's when the rest is. And this is uh, boy, they worked on that Death Star for a long time. Um, they, I think, we're already part way of the, in the production of it. And then 15 years later, they're still not, they're almost finished with it, but not quite finished with it. So 15 years have passed. Um, we see uh, Bodhi Rook. Um, he defects from the empire. He's like a pilot guy. It run, reminded me a lot of um, Finn kind of like a, a little bit. Yeah. Like a, you know, was working with the empire, but ends up escaping uh, away from them getting away. Yeah. Has a good has a good heart, uh, knows that it's not uh, the empire is not a good thing whatsoever. 
even mm-hmm. though they run the galaxy, that doesn't mean that that doesn't make them good. Yeah. Uh, he's um, a pilot for the Empire, but um, basically his mission is to take this holographic message. He's basically RTD2, uh, huh. uh, transport this message recorded by Galen uh, to to Saw. So like Galen and Saw have this relationship, and he's like, "Get this, uh, get this message to Saw Gerrera." You're um, our only hope. <laughs> you're our only hope, Saw. <laughs> Help me, Saw. Um, and. Uh, Let's see, Rebel, uh, Rebel Alliance, I'm reading some of this because I don't remember some of the early stuff. Re- Rebel Alliance intelligence officer Cassian Andor learns of the Death Star from an informant and frees Jin from an Imperial Imperial labor camp at Wobani. I don't remember how they lean, how they introduced that scene. I do remember her being transported in that little... She's in that transport, they show up, they blast her out of there, uh, and then they just come get her. They know that, I think... They find out that the message is en route to Saw, mm-hmm. or it's been delivered to Saw. Yeah, I don't. I don't remember how they find that out, but they're after they, her. They they know that she's in that transport. Does Saw send for her? I don't think so. I think they they just like see her name, like that she um, she's Jen Jen Urso. She's traveling under a different name, but somehow they they use their intelligence to figure out that her name her last name is Urso. And that she's the daughter of Galen Urso, who is, you know, known somehow the Republic knows that he is a defector wannabe. Like he's he's working for at an Empire base, but he's not keen with the Empire and wants to betray them and has sent a message to Saw. Somehow they get I think they learn all that information and they obviously have really bad relationship with, with Sagrera to put it lightly. And yeah. so they're like, Hey, if we can break out Jin or so from imprisonment, she can be our key to unlock that door and get into um, a, uh, a meeting with, to set us up with a meeting with Saw. Right. Saw so. Saw, not Che Guerrera, but Saw Guerrera. Which, by the way, I, when I saw saw this originally when it first came out, I was not Saw Gerrera was a new character to me. I'd never heard of him, and um, at, at that point, I went with a friend, uh, you know, Ryan. Um, yeah, R- Ryan and I went to the theater to go see this. It was his second time watching it. I think that's what I was re- trying to remember. That's cool. Um, yeah, he had he had seen it like two days before, and he's like, "I'm going to go see it again." <laughs> he loves it, it so made much. A, you know, it, it made a billion dollars at the box office, which is like, yeah, that's kind of surprising. That shows you that generally people like this movie yeah 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 he he was one of the ones that was over the moon with it um no pun no pun intended that's no moon um but yeah he was over the moon with um this uh, death star creation story and so he um he said yeah let's let's go watch it together i want to see it again mm-hmm. <laughs> so anyway um i i, I wasn't familiar with saw Gerrera. now that i've watched the clone wars when we when we first saw when Jessica and I were watching it together, I hit pause on the movie just to tell her a little bit about Saw Gerrera because he's a big um, part of a like a four episode, I want to say, story arc in Clone Wars. Se- yeah. yeah, season five, four or five, can't remember. Uh, and he's basically a, a part of the uprising, political uprising that happens on his planet where the Repu- Republic. Um, doesn't want to get involved because it would break all kinds of treaties and and you know uh, outstanding treatises that they have with this this particular planet. So they're like, hey, we can only interface with the with the recognized 
leader of this planet. And since you guys are trying to overthrow him, we can't help you with that. Um, but nudge, nudge, wink, wink, we're going to send um, uh, Ahsoka as like a, like a counselor to you guys to like help mm -hmm. you through this situation. But they're also <laughs> telling Ahsoka not to attack. Like they're like, Hey, you need to like kind of lead them from the shadows. Like we want the civil war to end up with the rebels winning, but we don't want it to be known that you're helping them. Um, and so it's a really cool story. Sagrera is like a, just kind of a, um, a, a grunt at the beginning of it. Like he's, he's just like a, a pawn, like in that, in that army, but then yeah. becomes like the, one of the major leaders, I think after one of the leaders is killed or taken or something like that. Right. And so you get to kind of see his story, but it's obvious that that's obviously 15 years before the, the events of this movie, he's seen some stuff um, at this point and he's, uh, he's pretty crazy by the time he gets to this movie. So what's your, let me ask you that. Um, before we get into the rest of the story here, what's your take on Saw's persona at this point? Is he is he insane or does he or is he just no. eccentric? I think he's physically beat down, uh, being just a regular dude that over time gets um, gosh, ow, gets um, just beat up physically. He has a respirator thing. He's I I I think for all intents and purposes part machine. Uh, which yeah. is part of that same kind of uh, mythos that is Star Wars that makes Star Wars so great. Uh, the uh, ability for, you know, people to have some sort of weird augmentation uh, and makes their character that have that much more depth. Uh, I think he is a, as much of a political leader, basically for the, for their movement as much yeah. as anything else. And he is a rebel, but he also um, is looking out to save, people that are immediately surrounding him too. Like, and in a good way, like not like looking to, you know, better himself in the process, but uh, looking to help people. And he's always been kind of sold out for the cause. And I think he still is. He, his death at the end, at, well, his, his death uh, is an interesting one. Uh, and it's one of those where it's basically a sacrifice that almost didn't have to happen. I think he was ready to die. Yeah, I agree with you. I don't think it had to happen as at all. I, I you know, in the same way that Jin and the rest of them. There was time. Could, there was time for him to escape. Yeah, I, yeah. It's a little confusing his death. Um, I, I think I think it, you just have to chalk it up to what you already said, which is he's he just he he'd fought and and scraped for everything he had ever gotten at, at that yeah, point. Yeah, he's really beat down. He's just. I think he's just tired. Yeah, we get um, a worn down a, a very worn down uh saw Guerrera, like very weird worn down so yeah so um basically the so get back to the plot jen, jen um we're not even at that planet yet um they we're still at the the rebel base so they get they break jen out of captivity take her to the the rebel base on um yavin three or whatever or yavin four whatever it is mm -hmm. um and they uh, take her in front of everyone, in, including the, the Mon Mothma, the Mothma, the the female leader that you see in other uh -huh. Star Wars properties, and they um, are saying like, "Hey, we know where your dad is, um, and he's in danger. We need to rescue him, uh, and we also need you you to get us an audience with Saw, kind of lay everything out." And then after she leaves, they kind of whisper to, to Cassian, "Hey, we want you to kill Galen," <laughs> which I think is kind of dirty, but um, like. Uh, 
they they are you can you can tell it's a de- it's a desperate rebel alliance at this point. Like they're right. they're willing to do whatever it takes uh, to pre- preserve their way of life. So they know that if the Death Star gets created, that they're not going to have any uh, chance. It's over. Yeah, they're just not going to have any chance. So. Yeah, yeah. They they get word that this thing has the about the planet killer is what they call it. Like it has this ability to to destroy an entire planet with one shot. Um, so. Um, they, uh, go to Jeddah, which when I, I remember watching this movie in theaters, I was like, did they say Jedi? Like, I, I think it's unfortunate that the movie, that the name of the planet is called Jeddah. Um, cause I think it's really confusing for, uh, people who aren't to the uninitiated, <laughs> uh, what, what's going on there, but right. it's just a, it's just a planet called Jeddah. It sounds like Jeddah, but it's, it's just a planet in the galaxy. Well, um, and it, did it have a, um, Former, um, well, it's one of the, the name Jedi. You got to think it has some deri- der- derivation from it, though. Good, yeah. Because a, it's got a temple there. It, well. There's a lot of ki- a lot of kyber crystals. That's where kyber crystals come from. Yeah. Um. So I think that I'm going to make believe that the name is synonymous for With good. Jedi. Yes, Jedi crystals. <laughs> Delicious Jedi crystals. Um, have you seen Jedi Jedi in any other Star Wars property? I don't think it no. ever comes up in the Clone Wars. Um, no, there's not really a. Um, this literally is the only use of Jedi. Yeah, yeah, I wasn't familiar with it at all. No. Um, but what we know about this place is there was a former temple. It's been. Um, not destroyed, but like ransacked and uh, all of the um, guardians and, and the priests and stuff like that from this, this temple have been um, uh, run aground basically. And they, the temple, one of its primary purposes was to protect the Kyber crystals, which any Star Wars fan knows that Kyber crystals are very integral to lightsabers. Um, yes. They're basically what, what makes lightsabers possible to make time travel possible. And, um, they uh it, they're basically like emptying the planet of every kyber crystal they're they're uh very brutishly just removing every crystal from the planet um one transport ship at a time and just extracting it everything they can get out of it and sagarera and his guys have basically been in this big big uh arms battle with them they 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 kill us we kill them back and forth back and forth forever and we're uh introduced jen cassian and uh, k2so who's this uh funny character um he's he he reminds me a lot of c3po as far as his he's very uh, i think i think a lot of droids are like this but he's very just say say what he means say what he thinks kind of thing like he yeah, doesn't check anything matter of fact they can't not do that you're right yeah he's voiced by alan tudyk which mm-hmm. obviously he's um great with with uh sci-fi just in general but very funny and i think he was a great fit for that character he's awesome he's awesome awesome um and so they go onto the planet and they're like okay we gotta find the saw guy and figure out what the message is and what's going on in the midst of all this we see two other characters who are two of my favorite characters in the entire movie I'm probably going to mispronounce one of the first one's name, but the blinds 
um spiritual warrior is what they call him on wikipedia he's essentially kind of a jedi but not a trained jedi and he, way, he believes he believes in the force uh he's not really he is but he's not trained right uh so he is drum roll please uh is it boz baz no that's the that's the big guy with the rail gun type type thing son of they, a buck this is uh Chirrut Chirrut Imway. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right at all because they they almost never say his name in the movie. I think they mention it once or twice. Wow. Um, Chirrut is how how it looks. C H I R R U T. But um, he's this awesome. Bl he's blind. Can't he's blind as a bat. Can't see anything. But has this bow staff kind of think uh, Donatello from the <laughs> from the uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja, Ninja Turtles. And obviously extremely force sensitive, doesn't need his eyes at all, can just deflect grenades or, you know, hits or whatever is coming at him. And it takes out multiple guys all at once. So he basically is, he kind of, he's kind of a Jedi, like he's kind of Ahsoka or Anakin or whatever, can take out massive armies of, of bad guys, but not officially a Jedi. And so he's really, there are no Jedi in this movie, but he's a, kind of the, the stand-in, the closest thing we get. Well, and his belief in the, in the force uh, is kind of interesting to, in contrast to the rest of them, because they're all, the rest of them are and not really mercenaries, but they're more soldiers of fortune. Uh, and basically it's like, um, they, um, I think they view him as kind of an outlier, basically. So it's interesting. Yeah. Um, Bayes Malbus is is the other guy that yeah that um, that we see. And how would you kind of describe his his character, his, his personality? The physical, um, uh, kind of heavy hitting, kind of in the same light that you uh, kind of had Saw Guerrera, like this. Um rebel uh you know friend of the rebels basically to a point uh but not as it's not in tune to the force like uh chariot Mway is uh Ooh. but they're friends so yeah um they're they're just a fun team to watch because they couldn't be more opposite as far as their approach to battle um and yet they're like best friends and have each other's backs like they protect each other a lot throughout the movie. Um, I just really enjoyed watching the two of them. But um, so they, through a bunch of events and a bunch of fighting and stuff like that, they fi Jen figures out how to get a hold of Sagrera and she brings these, these guys with her. And uh, they find, she finds out that Rook has been held captive by Saw. Cause I don't think, I don't get, I get the impression that Saw never really truly trusts this guy. Like he obviously interrogates him using that, that weird, alien creature dude um, how about that the, thing that like sucks his his brain or like so I don't gross. Know, it, it was disgusting to watch i remember being kind of terrified when i watched that in theaters it was very uh very large and in charge in the, in the movie theater but um anyways gets the extracts the information out of him but doesn't want to let him go um thinks he may be you know double crossing him or whatever so he has basically locked him up Guerrera shows Jin the hollow message that he got from her dad. Mm -hmm. And uh, she gets very emotional in the scene. She's a great actress, by the way. Um, right. the, the girl that plays her, uh, Felicity Jones. But she she uh, is crying, like uh, hyperventilating almost when she sees her dad. She hadn't seen him since she, she was a little girl 15 years right. uh, prior. 
Um, so it's, it's this weird, crazy reunion, a rush of emotions of like, I'm seeing my dad again for the first time, but he's in trouble and we got to save him. And, you know, and the whole galaxy could be at stake. Like, it's just like, it's like a, an incredible surge of information. She gets in about 30 seconds. Sure. Um, and then, uh, <laughs> then, and she learns basically in this, that there's, she's the only one that sees this. It's her and saw. Um, and I don't think anyone else in that entire base has even probably even seen the message. Mm-hmm. And she learns that there's a vulnerability in the death star that he put there on purpose and has basically made a, a way for, for the, the rebels to take this thing down. And you have to get the uh, schematics, the, the plans for the death star on a planet, on a planet called Scarif. And that's about it. That's about all we learn from that, that message. And then, uh, the the message and literally everything else on in that city is completely destroyed a few minutes later, including the only other person that knew that information, which is Sagarera. So she is the message at this point. There is no hollow message. There's no thing to, to press play in front of any other person. She's the only one that knows this information, right? Uh, which makes it kind of crazy after that. What's interesting, and I've always found this interesting. Like I remember whenever Luke uh, shoots that single, you know single rocket uh into the death star that hole he has to hit that hole you know it's no different than hunting womp rats <laughs> i gotta you know back home on tatooine but he the, the idea that there is this flaw in the death star i remember at the time thinking that's really stupid yeah and then the second death star are we going to get an explanation on the second death star why then on the second death star it's not we we didn't leave a single hole on the Death Star, it's a small hole. Well, now we left a big a hole big enough for us to fly multiple ships into on the second one. Yeah. <laughs> so, is there another spy movie coming? Rogue <laughs> Two, Bothan Spies, probably Bothan Spies. Uh, this one's uh, about these furry creatures that are Bothans that uh, teach us to fly whole ships into the second Death Star. Yeah, which so, looks like, awesome, by the way. But is so it I. I explained to Jessica the significance of this movie at the end of it. And she's like, she's like, so, you know, they got the plans for the death star. And I said, yeah, it's, it's not just about getting the plans. It's, it's literally, it's about retroactively making a new hope, a better movie. (laughs) Like they, they, they explained away a, one of the biggest beefs that people had with that movie. And that movie's nearly flawless to begin with, but that was one thing that people had a lot of a hard time believing and so it basically made it so that that makes perfect sense now. Um, when you right. go back and it, it changes the way you watch that movie. Um, and so, yeah, it was interesting from that standpoint. But then that led immediately to her question of, so are they going to do that for the second Death Star? So, like, explain how that. How yeah, I don't, that? I don't know how. I don't know how they're going to pull that off. So, <laughs> I, she's like, so did someone put like intentionally put a you know, a fail safe like in the second? I was like, I don't know. <laughs> they just felt like they had to do it again. I guess in that movie so funny so uh anyways they they get get her back to the rebel base they obviously have to get her back and kind of explain this whole situation meanwhile on the death star um uh sorry we already covered that uh yeah for some reason sagarera sticks around and says i'm just gonna go down with the ship so the entire city and i I thought this was amazing by the way that like when they fire the death star because she could jessica was like She's like, I thought the first planet to get blown up was um, Orson. Like, no, the the one that um, on this or the Organas are from. 
Leia's planet. Alderaan? Alderaan. Like, she's like, I thought the first the first planet to get blown up was Alderaan. And I said, well, it is. That happens, you know, directly after this movie is, you know, they blow up an entire planet. But here they just fire, like, one of the many lasers or something like, like that. Like a blast. Like, just like a single blast. Yeah, it doesn't take out the whole planet. It just takes out the entire city. So it's, right. it's obviously extremely powerful to take out an entire city, like, you know, the size of Kansas City or whatever. But it's not yeah. taking out the entire planet. Um so, um, and we get to see Grand Moff, Moff Tarkin. Let's talk a, a little bit, the, a little bit, a little bit about the CGI in this movie. Yeah. So, the guy that played Tarkin was deceased at this point. Um, he was um, portrayed by Peter Cushing in Episode Four. He yes. was actually portrayed by Wayne Pigram in Episode Three, which I don't remember him in episode three must have just a very brief scene and in this movie he's portrayed by guy henry who's basically a stand-in for the cgi and he is essentially a, just a cgi character think jar jar binks basically yes. but done a lot better than jar jar binks um i remember in 2016 even back then looking at this thinking he doesn't look quite real to me like he's almost there but there's a kind of uncanny valley still going on Think about and and think about from then to now. CGI is really, I mean, the high end CGI is really, really good. But this was this was one of those where I remember watching it, and it didn't take me out of the storytelling. Like there's there's certain CGI I've talked about it before. Like you yeah. watch it and it really takes you out of storytelling. This is more like, oh, uh, okay, well, I can live with this. Like it's fine. Yeah, I always liked Tarkin as well because I've always said that Tarkin is probably um the most evil humanoid that has no powers in all of star <laughs> in all of star wars like he yeah. doesn't have any powers he's a regular looking dude he's just a stone cold killer like he just that you know what i'm saying this whatever he needs to do he's going to do it yeah yeah i mean he is responsible for the the destruction of literally billions of people on, and he didn't even blink on the, the planet of alderaan yeah yeah, he's not even, he could care less. Like, and he doesn't even blink. And it's whatever the Empire needs done, he's going to do it. So he's yeah. very evil. My favorite line from that scene is, you may fire when ready. I know, he's like very nonchalant. <laughs> he's the kind of guy that would get protested. Like, if, if, the, if the rebels were protesters <laughs> with signs, they would, be, they would be, arrest Tarkin! Arrest <laughs> Tarkin now! Lock him up! And instead, it's uh, they would he would just shoot the rebels with the Death Star. <laughs> yeah, the protesters would be shot. Um, the fake Star Wars protesters, <laughs> not regular protesters, or real protesters. I think either his CGI portrayal was so expensive to make, or maybe they were afraid that audiences would find it hard to believe that that was a real person. Um, but he's not really in a lot of scenes in this movie. I think he's yeah. in two, maybe three scenes. And he's not shown face forward in a lot of those scenes either. They kind of limit the amount of time that you actually seen like the CGI character. But I, I got to hand it to him. Like when he speaks, like it looks like a real human moving his mouth. I think yeah. the, the, the tone of his skin or there's something that's qu not quite, it's a little off to me as far as like being a real human, but he looks, he looks and moves uh, pretty much like one. So, um, yeah, it was pretty impressive at the time, even though I could kind of see some of the, the chinks. 
He reminds me of Odo from uh, Star Trek Deep Space Nine uh, in the look of him a little bit on here. Uh, and uh, Odo is a uh, shapeshifter. So maybe um, Tarkin is just Odo because they, maybe yeah. that's the skin tone. Yeah. I chased a rabbit. I chased a rabbit there. Okay. I'm, I'm good. I, I haven't seen that, so I can't comment. You don't want to talk about Deep Space Nine now on here for no reason? <laughs> I'd love to if I'd seen it. Yeah, it, not um, really. It's pretty boring. So uh, then it's a race to Edu. So um, uh, Tarkin is basically telling Krennic that, hey, you've got a, um, you know, a, a leaky faucet in your, in your setup. Um, you know, Rook has defected and has told the rebels about uh, our plans and, and, you know, they're going to try to, to try to save Galen. So you need to get, get back there immediately. So uh, it's a race. Um, uh What's his name? Krennic gets there first, yeah. um, just barely, and and barely beats them to the planet Edu. Krennic is a Krennic yeah, is a Krennic is a lot like um, Hux in the way that he has he has flaws, he has some issues, whereas Tarkin is so put together, is yeah. steely. Krennic is like the rest of us. Krennic is. Nervous when he shouldn't be nervous. Not as nervous as Hux, because Hux is like... Hux really is the rest of us. You're in charge of yeah. the whole fleet. Oh, oh gosh. <laughs> oh, no. I'm Hux. But, like, Krennic, Krennic is still is a little higher than that and a little more put together than that, but not, as, not much, because he's still a stone-cold killer, but he's still a guy that, you know... Darth Vader can grab by the throat and, you know, choke out or whatever. So yeah. Krennic has a, a bachelor's degree in villainy and, um, <laughs> Hux is an associates. And then, um, Oh yeah. And then Tarkin, Tarkin is master's level. He's, he's teaching, he's teaching those classes. <laughs> they're night classes, but yeah, he's teaching them. Uh, um, correspondence, the old school correspondence, you <laughs> mail them in, you do them and then mail them back in. Yeah, and then we all know Darth Vader has this PhD in in scum yeah, he's and the, so. Yeah, he is the PhD, Doctor um, Vader. <laughs> so they there's like three things going on in the scene. It's it's a very complicated scene. There, uh, you've got Krennic and him and him like basically wanting to get Galen. He does this weird like thing where he's like, you know, step, you know, I I want one of you to. He gets his whole team like. Uh, uh, Galen and, and all of his science buddies, all of the ner the nerds together, and and it was like, okay, what one of you is responsible for leaking information to get you know getting information about, about our plans out there off planet, and he ends up killing all of them because <laughs> he's trying to show his his superiority, and then he says, I knew it was you the whole the whole time, Galen. You're the you're the mole. You're the one that's responsible for all this, and then so you've got that going on. Then you have Cassian who is, you th you're convinced up to this point that he's going to snipe them with his sniper rifle. He's going right. to shoot him and kill, kill him, right. which he's been ordered to do. And then the third thing you have going on is Jen, and she's like, she's basically like, spy, like, spy, like, uh, you know, James Bond's like, you know, attacking this thing head on and, you know, sneaking behind enemy lines to get, so she ends up actually on the platform with him when everything goes down. Um, 
So <laughs> the uh, rebel bomber, or the fourth thing that comes in, I guess, is the rebel bombers come in, and I guess they're backup for Cassian, right? Just in case Cassian fails, they're just going to blow the whole facility up. Okay, is that is that your impression? I think so. Like I, I basically, because they they know that if nothing else, we've got to eradicate this situation. We've got a lot of people in one spot at the same time, so that yeah. would be a benefit to the rebels. I really, I, I really think it's possible that some of the rebels didn't truly trust um, Galen. Like that, they were like he was maybe like leading them in so that it, it could be a trap and they could be captured or killed. Yeah, they and still I think, thought he was a possible bad guy. Yeah, and and I think others did believe him and did trust him, but knew that he was too too much of a high value target like that he they couldn't just protect him like they have to get the information out of him and then and then just make sure that he's not a player anymore mm-hmm. um but yeah I, I think for all those reasons they definitely want him to die so that they can just kind of seal that up and cover their tracks so to speak yeah so anyway um uh one of the bombers attacks and and basically um explodes this this uh platform that they're on and scaling ends up dying in Jen's arms very tragically. And she escapes on a, their, their ship got basically crashed onto the the planet. Um, They were flying in too low or something. And they made up some kind of reason why they had to jump. Yeah. 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 They get shot. No, I don't think they're shot. I like they, I don't even think that they're, they're known to be on the plane. I think they had to fly low so they could fly under the radar. That's I think what that's what K- K2O was saying. Yeah. And so they sneak in, but then in so doing, they, um, they're like, you know, pull up, pull up. And then they crash the ship. Mm-hmm. And so they have to steal an Imperial, um, cargo shuttle also reminded me a lot of force weekends and, um, end up getting away. So, Krennic is summoned at that point by Darth Vader. This uh, really cool scene. It's one of two scenes, I think, that we see Darth Vader in. I don't think he's in more than two. And he has to face him face-to-face. I thought, honestly, Krennic was probably going to die in this scene. When yeah, I, I thought it was, too. I, I think he was surprised. <laughs> he was also surprised when he didn't. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. He's like, I, I lived. <laughs> so at, at this point, I'm, I'm sure people know that when you're called into a private session, with yes. Darth Vader, the CEO Very, of the company. Your your death is imminent. <laughs> and so he does choke him, uh, but doesn't kill him. He basically says, I could have killed you. Yep. And then uh, Krennic um, says, uh, Krennic seeks Darth Vader's support for an audience with the Emperor. But Vader, uh, oh, that's when Vader chokes him and says, uh, you know, just uh, plug the leaks. We don't need any more of this. Then kind of the main impetus for the whole movie Jen basically proposes this plan in front of everyone. And this was such an awesome, like, um, like mega cast of like all your favorite characters, not all your favorite, but like a lot of your favorite rebel characters. Yeah. We see, um, I don't know. They call them by a different name later on, but isn't that, um, it's a trap. I can't remember his name. Um, Oh, um, yeah. Um, what can't think of his name? Admiral Akbar. Yeah, isn't that Akbar in the? Uh, he's a cal- calamarian, like but I don't know yeah. that he's. I don't know that it's him. The the calamarian that's that's in the ship in the attack ship that's like but above Ak- the planet. But Akbar would have been around. Akbar. Akbar would have been around at this time. I mean, he would have been kinda, around. 
they never they don't name many of the characters obviously in the scene but that seemed to me like it was akbar like at the admiral and then there was another calamarian in the in the actual attack and that was definitely not akbar because they were they were calling him by a different name but anyway i i believe that's probably akbar that's there there's you see bail organa is there and actually has a few speaking lines so it was cool to see bail again yeah and then of course mon mothma is there and then of course jen is doing a lot of the talking as well and she's basically saying like hey you know there's this this very critical thing in the death star that's been put there by my father you have to believe me and literally splits the room like half of them are like maybe even three different ways like some people just don't believe her because there's no evidence she's literally the only one that's seen this this her dad's right. dead saw's dead Every, like, like anyone that literally anyone that's on any planet that they can ask about this is is dead or didn't yeah. see the footage right. and so so i think some people don't believe her i think some people believe her but think it's a fool's errand to try to steal yeah, these plans a waste of time and then there's this third group that's like yeah it's probably a suicide mission but i'm in and it's the same guys that we've already seen. So Cassian, um, yeah. you know, these these two other dudes, uh, Baze Malvis and Chirrut, and some other guys that basically say, we're gonna go rogue. And so that becomes the name for the movie as they're leaving the rebel base to go to Scarif to actually steal these plans. They actually get caught, the, the, they're stealing the, the same Imperial ship <laughs> that they stole from the previous planet. And they're like, hey, where are you going? You're not, you're not supposed to be, you know, there's nothing on the manifest or the plans, you know, flight plans today for the ship to leave. You know, what's your call sign? And they're like, uh, they're like, uh, Rogue One. <laughs> and that becomes the title for the movie, obviously. There it so, is. So they go just the just that them. Like, I don't know how many people are on that ship, 15, 20 people that are on that yeah, ship. Yeah, I mean, not not many. So um, and they're basically gonna try to pull this thing off. Let's talk about that planet. So they go to Scarif, and this is one of the cooler planets as far as I think the foliage and the lushness of it reminded me a lot of Return of the Jedi. There's a really cool thing that I don't know that I'd seen. We see it a little bit in the force field stuff in like the later Star Wars movies, eight and nine. Yes. Um, specifically nine is, is a big one, but uh, there, I don't know that I had seen a whole lot up to this point. Was there a scene like that in Force Awakens where there's like this massive shield that was like protecting a, a city or a planet? This is this is basically the Simpsons movie. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> there's yeah. like this this uh, force field over the over planet. the whole planet. Yeah, and um, I mean it's varying. There's just different different things that have different shields on them. I mean, uh, I don't know. Uh, yeah, it definitely is unique. It was cool. Yeah. I remember watching it in 2016 going like, wow, that's clever. Like smart. The, the fact that you could basically barricade an entire, we had seen like, you know, the trade Federation, like barricading a planet or something like that, you know, um, not allowing um, transport of goods right. or whatever, but this is a literal bar barricade. There's no way to get into that planet. Right. Except unless they open the door for you basically. So mm -hmm. it's basically a lock and key on the, on the planet, which is kind of cool to, to think cool. about. So they, they, come in on their imperial ship they make it look like an actual ship or whatever and uh, K uh k2so is i think it's k2so is the one to say hey you know yeah because he's he's an imperial droid that they reprogrammed and he right. says he says something to get them into the planet 
he probably they probably they have their call signs they have the things that they need to be able to get through the barricade yeah um and then they then they're able to uh they're able to land and enter the base that way yeah yeah and and they basically they they're known to be arriving so it's not like they're not greeted with bad guys but the um the imperial soldiers that greet them are immediately killed or knocked out they show it but they steal their their clothes it's very star wars and like you've seen this kind of thing with with han solo and and luke before where they right. knock a few, few stormtroopers out and put on their clothes mm-hmm. uh so they so they go in and it's really it's really handy and convenient that they have k2so with them because again he's an imperial droid so he walks in and he's and he's you know accompanied by a couple guys in these suits and no one thinks any any of the wiser for it so they basically sneak in and then um i don't from this point forward there's this is awesome this is awesome scenery honestly the the fights the fights on on the grounds and the fights in the air i think are some of the best in the series i yeah, i, I really th- I really a thought lot of the, Rogue, Rogue One was going to be kind of like second place, but I thought they really did this up pretty expensively. Well, the scenery of that of, of where they filmed the set too made made this scene perfect. So yeah, it's really good stuff. It's like I don't know where they shot it. Um, we probably looked that up, but it reminded me of it's very tropical. Like there's sands and lots of water, but also. Uh, I guess this goes to tropical too, but like very foresty, like lots of trees and um, just lush greenery and stuff like right. that around. So uh, yeah, it was very, very cool place to film. But um, anyway, um, there's a lot of fight, fight, fight and a lot of stuff that is hard to cover here on a podcast. Cause um, I don't know. Do you have any like favorite fi- like fight moments, like combat moments? I feel like the, uh, the stuff where, um, because this takes about 40 minutes. Like a good 30 minutes of the movie is literally just action scenes, which is great. I loved it. Well, I think the the, the cool thing about this is this the surprise uh, that Krennic gets in this and that they're able to kind of pull off what no one thought. It's a heist situation, but it's not a heist. Jared, yeah. uh M-Way M- M- and ba- uh, Boz Malbus are my two favorite parts of this thing because, just because they, they're able to do some things that you couldn't imagine them doing. And then when all hope is lost, uh, Chair at Mway basically uses uses the force to uh, allow them to continue on. So so cool. I love that awesome. scene. Like he he basically like it's 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 literal chaos on the on the planet because I mean we kind of skipped over this, but like basically the the rebel alliance gets winds of these guys going rogue and going in by themselves, and they route a number of their forces to assist them to back them up. And right. so there's there's star fighting going on, um, you know, dogfight uh, ships shooting at each other. There are uh, troops on the grounds, but they're getting reinforcements. Um, they have, for the longest time they can't even get a ship in through the force field onto the planet. But they, one of the coolest scenes I've ever seen in a Star Wars movie, as far as like ship to ship combat, they disable the ship and then push that ship into another ship. Do you remember mm-hmm. that part? Yes. They, they use one of their ships to literally nudge a ship into another ship, right on. which causes that ship to, to plummet and go straight down and basically crash directly into the force field, opening up a huge hole in the, in the force field. So. So that's how they that's how they break in, which is really really cool to watch. 
and um, they end up obviously getting a lot of uh, troops down, transported down to the surface. There are thousands of people that die in this in the last thirty minutes of this movie. Right, and I think that 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 sets the tone for the fact that uh, this is a suicide mission, essentially. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I started to say, but that, so in the midst of all that chaos, there's literally blaster bolts going every which direction, every five feet, there's a blaster bolt. And Chirrut basically does this like Zen thing where he just kind of quiets his mind. And, you know, obviously he's blind, but he's, you know, walking in, you know, eyes closed, blind, you know, blindly into the line of fire and just kind of very quietly and calmly just, you know, where he slowly walks over to this switch that has to be flipped so they can get the transmission out and stuff like that. It was so cool to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, great scene. Um, then I guess we need to talk about the the actual schematics themselves. So like Jin, K2SO dies, dies very heroically. I loved that scene where he sacrifices himself. Um, he ends up taking like 40 shots to the body and finally ends up going down and uh, ends up locking the door behind them. But they're kind of trapped in this it room it's like it looks like basically like a, i work in it so like it reminds me of like a like a server room basically a server bay basically yeah yeah and there's just uh, like this little bays of like of, of information like on all these drives like they look like hard drives and they have to find the right one they, they get the k2so helps them find it they find the one that where um uh galen had had stored the information about the death star plans and they have to like they can't they can't use the machine to get it because the, the computer gets shot or something weird happens. And so they have to like jump out there and like actually climb this thing and pull it out with their bare hands and then yes. climb up to the top to get away. I thought all that was really thrilling to watch. They know how to set up a scene in star Wars. Like the cool thing about like the practical magic that, that star Wars is really good at using to yeah. use actual sets. And yeah, they use CGI and a lot of stuff, but like, the idea of using an actual model or a set to uh, build out has always been Star Wars' uh, best uh, trait. I mean, going all the way back to New Hope. And honestly, like, I remember being a little watching Empire Strikes Back and being like, like, that set design is kind of what is, I don't know, the most foremost in my mind when I think about what Rogue One does on, mm-hmm. on in that situation that you're talking about. And just the yeah. things they do. Even on, you know, even... Uh, less less Jedi used a lot of that too, like some of the mm-hmm. set stuff that they used, especially when they were on uh, the oh, what were they on the ship that they were on whenever Phasma is fighting Finn and you know that that stuff. So yeah, anyway, it's good stuff. Overall, good yeah. stuff. The set design is awesome. It feels iconically Star Wars, which I think yeah. was so important to having this movie be a hit, a hit with Star Wars fans shiny technology that looks real uh doesn't look like anything we see here but then it also does look like things we see it's like this weird like yeah the people that create this stuff is unbelievable to me so it's crazy yeah um and then i guess kind of the, the last big thing before the destruction of of this of this uh base is we see jen is all alone she she leaves um, casting behind, which I thought was actually kind of unique for the series. Yeah. I like most of the Star Wars movies is like no no soldier left behind. We got to go back for che- Chewie or Han right. or whatever. This yeah. is like she just leaves him, which I thought that was kind of cool. It shows you the importance of we got to get these plans no matter what, no matter what the cost. 
and she leaves him behind. She's all alone on the top of this, this huge, huge tower. And who's going to show up? Obviously we all know it. It's going to be Krennic. And so he comes up the elevator, whatever it is. And uh, points a blaster at her and you're like okay this is it she's dead like she's on the edge of this thing this is the end of not just Jin or so but it's the end of the plans because he's going to pick up the plans and destroy them or whatever um and uh dun, 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 Cassian huh. comes in he's not dead um he ends up uh shoots him uh, shoots him and I think leaves him alive I think they leave him for like for dead like but he's just gonna they know he's gonna die um and um, then they get the, they pull the, the uh, trigger thing, whatever the, the switch, and yeah. and they they have an open connection now to the rebel command ship because the, um, uh, the dial up modem the, is the, yeah <laughs> <laughs> straight uh, to the straight to the, the rebels the, yeah the dish is is properly aligned and they it goes use out AOL. The, the top <laughs> there's obviously the force field has been destroyed so yeah they get the transmission out to the ship and then basically die in a blaze of glory because the next thing we see is the death star comes around and uh arrives just in time to basically destroy the entire base including yes. krennic like they, they they don't have no qualms about killing their own yeah, they don't care um, <laughs> they don't care pal <laughs> And so, yeah, uh, Krennic, Cassian, Jin, all of the Imperial forces, all the rebel forces on the ground, everyone dies, um, kills literally everyone on the, on that planet, on that base. Um, the um, rebel fleet are, are trying to get away. And I thought at this point they were just going to get clean, get away, but they have trouble. But then um, you forgot, they, but then you forgot the, the next segment is a new hope. Yep. They have to line up to a new hope. Which I felt like was awesome. Like I remember watching that in theater, and like oh, yeah. it was really, really cool. Like it was like this uh, awesome payoff. It was kind of like the the payoff you had whenever you watched and when you slogged your way through all the the, the two other prequels. Uh, you you slogged your way through Phantom Menace, uh, yeah, and then you somehow made it through Attack of the Clones, and then you you're like, well, I've got to watch Revenge of the Sith because I know that he's going to turn into Vader at the end of it. And that's the payoff. Well, the big payoff for this is that the end of this movie syncs up with the beginning of A New Hope. Yeah, it's actually kind of, I thought what you were going to say was, it, 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 it's making me, in 2016, it made me feel the way I feel today with Clone Wars Season 7. Yeah, and that's why um, I, was, I, I mean, I, thought, I had that thought too, but I didn't want to be yeah. too on the nose with it, but yeah. Well, and, and we don't need to, those are separate episodes. We're not going to spoil what happens and yeah. what's happening right now in Clone, Clone Wars season seven, but it is one of those things where like, man, they're going to hand this off. Um, and, and they did it perfectly. I mean, seamlessly. I, I couldn't believe how perfect it was. Um, but Vader, it, they, Hey, this thing at the end with Vader, dude, Oh, it's mega. Talk about that. Dude. Well, I'll tell you right now, like I'm sure online, I'm sure on YouTube, there's a clip of, of Vader just wrecking shop here, like going through those technicians with the hilarious, you know, wedge shaped hats on. Uh, and they're like, here's the plans. Ah, ah, take the USB port run. Ah, oh my God. Here's the thumb drive. Ah, ah, pew, 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 ow, it's, it's, it's literally the worst, the worst baton race you've ever seen in history. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and then it's like getting killed. And, uh, Dude, it was so great to it's so great to watch because we we always knew that um, you know 
James Earl Jones wasn't in an actual suit, he's just the voice, but like we knew this old uh, Darth Vader was always this extremely powerful, unstoppable force. And we, in, in Rogue One, we see some of the most vicious, just mowing through dudes that we see in any of the movies. It was, it was awesome. Cool. I remember I remember seeing it in theaters with a packed audience. Um, Ryan had already knew what was going to happen. I was sitting right next to him, but he was very good about not spoiling anything. And um, the, the audience literally erupted during that scene. Like everyone was screaming, <laughs> you know, people were laughing and clapping. I mean, it was just like the, the theater literally blew up everywhere, probably across, across the nation and world when people saw right that on. scene. It was awesome. It's such a great payoff. Um, and then speaking of CGI, we see Leia which I was not expecting to see that. I, I, I thought it was cool that we got to see Vader and I was very happy. And I thought, Hey, we got to see Vader and Tarkin. If, if that's all we get from this movie, as far as known characters, right. I'd be totally, totally good with that. Um, but yeah, literally the very last seconds, the, the few front last frames of the movie um, we see is princess Leia receiving the plans from, um, from that, you know, that, that last <laughs> drone <laughs> that delivered the the plans to her and that was so cool to see too again cgi even in 2016 i remember not being totally convinced but she looked so similar to that 1977 um carrie fisher that yeah. it was it was just awesome that they put it in there i, I thought it was really I was cool like, they, they didn't have to do that but it was it was really cool that they did. so it was awesome so immediately following that's the end of rogue one immediately following that movie I was like, ah, it's too good. I can't not watch the first five minutes of <laughs> of a new hope. So I, I, because uh, it's on Disney Plus and we just have free access to it, um, I, I, I immediately typed in a uh, new hope, enter, and then watched the first five minutes of that movie. And Jack, I don't know if you did that, but it is a seamless transition. It it is literally like it was shot by the same director. I I can't believe how close it awesome. was. So that to that original movie, um, the 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 way that they shot the end of Rogue One was w- with the utmost love and care. I, I couldn't believe how how uh, spot on it was. Awesome. So, because it literally takes place seconds after the event, the they they are being pursued by Darth Vader's Star Destroyer at the end of Rogue One. Roll credits, open up a new hope, and the Star Destroyer is chasing them and suctions them in. You know, um, tractor beam. And he's on the ship talking to Princess Leia. And well, Princess and Leia's like, I don't have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> how far is Scarif? Scarif must be close to Tatooine. Right? Oh, yeah. Cause, oh, yeah. I didn't think about that. Because they didn't get away very far. Like, they had no, I mean, it's got to be close, right? Yeah. And the next thing we know is C-3PO and R2-D2 are getting in their shuttle pod. Yeah, well, that's I interesting. Just, yeah, I, I think it's got to be close. So, um, yeah. Uh, oh, I, I, got, I need to mention one more scene. Um, it's going back to the scene where they were trying to get the plans from the server room, <laughs> for lack of a better term. Uh-huh. Um, and they were like, it wasn't K2SO necessarily that, that pointed out. He's like, it's in this area or something like that. And um, Cassian is like going through the names of the files. Yes. And um, he's, he's like, you know, this one's called, you know, blah, 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 and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, all these made up names, whatever. He's like, um, this one's called Stardust. And she goes, that's it. That's the one. And I had a little bit of an emotional moment. I didn't cry, but I did have a moment where I teared up just a little bit because um, that was her dad's nickname for his daughter. That's um, cool. Yeah, throughout the whole movie, he calls her Stardust. He calls her that 
we hear that term three times. Um, we hear it. Uh, he calls her Stardust in the opening scene of the movie when she's a little girl. She's a little eight-year-old girl. Mm-hmm. We see, we hear it again when he dies. He says, "You'll always be my Stardust" or whatever. I love you, Stardust. And then the third time is at the very end of the movie when they find the the files named Stardust, and she knows that it's uh, for her. So cool. cool. We'll Stardust. By the way, speaking of Stardust, I, I looked this up and, and I was looking at the cast as we were kind of finishing up our discussion. The, there's a four-year-old Jin that is in one scene and an eight-year-old Jin that is in another scene in the movie and they are played by sisters. So the eight-year-old Jin is played by Bo Gadsden, Gadsden and the four-year-old Jin is played by Dolly Gadsden. Mm. So I thought that was kind of cute. Cool. So cuckoo. Um, really good performances all around. Um, even the characters that aren't in the movie that much, like Rook, Bodhi Rook. Um, I thought he was portrayed by, he was portrayed by Reese Ahmed and he's really, really good. Um, I did, I wasn't familiar with any of these actors for the most part, except obviously Forrest Whitaker. You know, everyone's seen him in something. Right. Um, and then of course you don't see him in the flesh, but Alan Tudyk, but I, I wasn't familiar with a lot of these other guys. Diego Luna is Cassian. Ben Mendelsohn is Krennic. I guess I think he's done a few things since then. Maybe and maybe probably a couple of things before. Um, Donnie Yen. Oh, Mads Mikkelsen. Uh, obviously, we, probably most people have seen Mads Mikkelsen mm-hmm. in something. Um, usually, he's a bad guy. Um, had you seen Felicity Jones? What What is she known for? Oh, let's find her. Felicity Jones. If Amanda were listening, she would be able to break down and tell her is she a british actress yes she's a british actress um, um previously she had she had, uh done she had been portrayed as jane hawking in uh, north of, anger uh, abbey that's where i've seen her okay. north anger okay. abbey uh she's also was in the amazing spider-man 2 as which character uh, um the tempest and then oh uh, she's uh felicity is felicia strangely enough she plays uh, Felicia, uh, Felicia Hardy in that she has a very small role in that movie she's been on a lot of stuff so um, she is um, stunning not just to look at but but as, a, as an actress she's, she's a great she's great actress she's you're right yeah so she is 36 as of today so she was um, thir- about probably about 31 as they were shooting this movie but portraying a 25 year old she um, she looks young in the movie, but she's actually in her thirties. So, well, very cool. She's a good one. So, yeah, one of the one of the greats from Star Wars, man. I I will always remember that movie very fondly. Yeah, and I hope that they make a sequel. I I I know I would love to see a Rogue Two. I mean, I just uh, it'd be phenomenal if they could just find these get these actors back in something. Uh, I mean, Rogue Two's gonna have to be the Bothans, right? <laughs> get the cat. No, just get this cast back together. Um, <laughs> maybe we can upload them all into uh, Androids. Hmm. It could be an all Androids movie, an all Droids movie. Rogue okay. Two, semicolon Droids. Cool. Sounds we're back. Tagline: <laughs> Colin, we're back. <laughs> we're back. And it makes no sense. Um, what else have you been watching on Disney Plus? Anything you want to? Uh, I want to give a pitch to a classic movie, Yellowstone Cubs. 
uh, you want to see something that's just kind of ridiculous, go on Disney Plus and type in Yellowstone Cubs. Watch 10 or 15 minutes of it. You'll be glad you did. It's insane. So it's on Disney Plus? Yeah, it's just uh, it's old school Disney stuff. Um, and it's just pretty hilarious. It's like it's these animals, and this guy does some voiceover work on it. And it's Disney. It's Disney in the golden era. Uh, the same time they were doing Davy Crockett stuff, the same time they were doing uh, Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. They were also doing Yellowstone Cubs. Um, animals as actors, and animal steals a boat. Uh, animal, uh, the bear steals a boat. Um, a real, an actual bear is behind the steering wheel of this boat, and it's shot in Yellowstone Park. So, okay, there you go, Yellowstone Cubs. You'll be glad you watched <laughs> ten minutes of it. Um, so this episode will go live uh, just the day before May the fourth. So I, I be with the you. Of, uh, May the uh, this timing is about as good as we could have gotten it. Uh, speaking of more Star Wars, we will be back with more Star Wars next week for uh, the finale of the Clone Wars. And I don't just mean this season. I mean all seasons of the Clone Wars is wrapping up on Friday as you hear this, as if you're hearing this you know, right after we record it. So, um, so yeah, uh, Friday is a big day for Star Wars fans. And it's the weekend of May 4th. So I think that's perfect. Needs to be, we need to take a long hiatus from Star Wars after next week. Um, we have, and honestly, it'll probably be what, Mandalorian second season by the time we come back to something Star Wars, I'd say. Yeah, I don't, I don't watch anything. I mean, I'll, I'll probably watch other shows, but not for review. Like, I, I, I do, I want to take some time off of the Star Wars. I said that a couple weeks ago, as far as like things I'm watching that are Star Wars. Um, Cause I just watched a ton of Clone Wars over the last few months, but I eventually want to get to Star Wars Rebels, but I probably won't do that until maybe the end of the summer. Um, Cause I, I want to take some time off from that. I don't know that we'll review those. I think that's more just kind of something I'll keep, keep people updated on and kind of chat, chat, chat about it a little bit. I know you've seen some of the episodes that have, you haven't seen every episode. I probably watched a total of what season one and then maybe half a season two of it probably. Okay. Um, I, think I they, am, they're going you know what four. I'm really game, you know, I'm really game to do. You mentioned high school musical, the series, the series, the musical, the high school series show, whatever the title was. I can't remember. Yeah. I'm interested in revisiting the high school musical movies. Okay. And doing an episode to start out with high school musical one. And maybe we do it in consecutive weeks. Maybe we do one, two and three back to back to back week wise, uh, bring the youngsmans back on. Yeah. Uh, bring their professional professionalism. At some point I'd like to get in person and be able to do things together as a group, but you know how that goes. So, and that will be my first viewing of the first two movies. Oh, even better. I've seen, strangely enough, I've seen, uh, the third movie. <laughs> I'm not saying okay. one or two. So. Well, I would vote then that after next week's Clone Wars, we watch, uh, we do High School Musical 1. Uh, okay. Maybe we, we try to have them on multiple weeks. Um, I don't know if we segue, add Steven back into the mix as well. Maybe he's not on the interstate this time. Yeah. Um, but anyway, we could do it that way. It'd be fun. Okay. Um, so yeah, okay, so you know your assignments, list, dear listener, Clone Wars Season 7 finale, 
it is going to be next week. I'm hoping to have a guest on. I don't want to um, say specifically yet. I'll tell you off, off air because uh, yeah, I don't know what's going to happen. But yeah, I'm hoping to have a guest on uh, next week to help us kind of wrap up the Clone Wars. And then um, two weeks from now, maybe have even more guests, different guests on uh, to talk about some High School Musical 1 uh, would be awesome. So um, cool. Well, thanks for listening to the show. Uh, as always, if you want to write into the show, uh, write us at disneyplusreviews at hotmail.com. Uh, let us know what you want to hear about or give us a review on something that you've been watching on Disney Plus. Maybe turn us on to something that maybe we should be watching as well. So uh, we will see you next week for uh, probably the last time we talk about Star Wars in a while, <laughs> which is Clone Wars season seven finale. We'll talk to you then. <laughs>